0: disability is all around us. We just don't often talk about it because 75% of disabilities you can't visibly see. And I happen to have a physical disability and people react to my physical difference in a negative way in most cases when it comes to the employment world specifically, because they assume that because I'm a person with dwarfism, I stand four feet tall as an adult, I must only have the capabilities of a child. And it's assumed that I can't do the job that I'm applying for. So I think what's important is for companies to put it out there that they're willing to make an accommodation for someone at any part of the application to interview, to onboarding, to promotion process. So people with disabilities feel empowered to let the employer know what they need to feel successful.
1: Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of the Hacking HR podcast. If you look at some of the uh, conversations that we've had in Hacking HR this year 2021 and even last year in 2020, We we are including a number of panels and and activities and conversations around building truly, and I like to use the word, truly diverse and inclusive organizations. And this is why I like to use the word and what we are so, so energized around talking about this. We talk about diversity and very often immediately what we think about is gender diversity. That's generally sort of the first thing that comes to mind, gender diversity, and even winning quotas for gender balance and whatnot. But there are so many other areas within the conversation of diversity, equity, and inclusion that have been either relegated or fully ignored and neglected by organizations. And they are critical if we want to, once again, be truly a diverse and inclusive organization. Today, we're going to have one of those conversations about truly building inclusive, Organizations for people who live or, or experience a disability. i want going to have this conversation with somebody who, is, who has been in this space, talking about it, uh, enlightening people, and helping them think through building truly diverse organizations that are inclusive for everybody. She's spoken all over the world in many different venues, schools, corporations, non-profits, government agencies, in hacking each other, of course. And I am so excited to have you with us and with me today, Becky. Welcome to the podcast, how are you?
0: Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here.
1: Well, thank you so much. I am excited that you are in uh, in our conference next year and that you're joining me today in the podcast. And let me begin by asking you, what do you think in your uh, sort of view of the organizations that are trying to become more inclusive and diverse? Uh, What do you think of the barriers that they are encouraging to be truly diverse and inclusive and not just gender diverse and gender inclusive.
0: I think what's really important is when senior executives, even CEOs, are open about their story and bring their whole selves to work and slowly their relation to disability may come out because disability is all around us. Uh, We just don't often talk about it because 75% of disabilities you can't visibly see. And I happen to have a physical disability and people react to my physical difference in a negative way in most cases when it comes to the employment world specifically because they assume that because I'm a person with dwarfism, I stand four feet tall as an adult, I must only have the capabilities of a child. And it's assumed that I can't do the job that I'm applying for. So I think what's important is for companies to put it out there that they're willing to make an accommodation for someone at any part of the application to interview to onboarding to promotion process. So people with disabilities feel empowered to let the employer know what they need to feel successful.
1: If you are reminding me of something that somebody asked in one panel that we did about um, uh, building truly diverse and inclusive organizations a while ago. And this person asked the question Do do we have, and we were talking just about race diversity, by the way, in that panel. The person asked, Do we have to lower the quality standards to become more truly, uh, to become race diverse? And we were like so taken aback and, and shocked by that comment. Uh, because one thing doesn't have anything to do with the other. I mean, it's not about one It is about your processes that are preventing great candidates that you're filtering out one way or another to be part of your organization. So who are reminding me of, of that one comment that that person said. Um, you know, when people have this idea that somebody with a physical disability may perform differently uh, or with lower standards just because of that disability.
0: Exactly. And I would say that's the least of our worries and what we do not want people to do. Change. There's no need to change the process of what it takes for someone to get the job. It's really just giving someone a chance to be successful through the process that you already have.
1: Yeah. yeah. What, what do you think, what elements do you think need to be in place in order to, uh, to be not only really this truly inclusive and diverse organizations that we're talking about, but equal in a way that is providing people with the tools, the resources, the infrastructure uh, that they need to succeed in their work.
0: Well, kind of what you were talking about, about changing the standards. I think when a lot of companies think about diversity and inclusion, they're just thinking about women or people of color, and they're not necessarily thinking about LGBT inclusion and disability inclusion. I would say that historically LGBT inclusion has made a little bit more progress than disability. So that may be part of a conversation more often than disability, but we need to see it starting in the culture. The culture has to talk about disability being part of the puzzle of the organization and that they are inclusive of people with disabilities. And that takes including it in your diversity and inclusion statement, encouraging people who are allies or people with disabilities themselves to form an employee resource group that can then be the group that the whole organization can tap into when you're thinking about marketing services and products to the disability community as consumers. It's also very important to think about digital accessibility, a lot of companies are really making sure that they can get at all their customers. So they make their websites outward facing more accessible, but they f- forget if there was someone with a disability who wanted to come work at their organization who can then help them better serve their customers. They need to make sure time cards and pay sheets and everything are accessible internally as well. And same with when you're starting to work on diversity efforts, why not start focusing on all the groups so you don't leave one behind When you're starting to work on digital accessibility, think about outward facing and inward facing at the same time. And then with recruitment strategies, putting it out there, you're willing to make an accommodation wherever you can make those touch points. It shows that you're willing to be an inclusive organization if someone lets you know that they need assistance because you're already putting it out there and welcoming them not just celebrating new hires with disabilities, let's celebrate and support people with disabilities to move up the ladder. We wanna see more people with disabilities in board roles. And there may already be, but these people don't feel comfortable enough yet to disclose their disability because they see how people with physical disabilities are treated in the workplace and the rejections that they face. In the pandemic, more specifically, we need to think about Yes, we've found out that people with disabilities can be successful working from home, but there will be people with disabilities who want to go back to the physical workspace and we shouldn't isolate people with disabilities and shouldn't make our workspaces less accessible because we found this new idea that people can be successful from home. We wanna be part of the whole equation. Everyone should have an option to do one or the other and not just be confined to working from home away from everyone else. And then it's thinking about people with disabilities as, that, as, as suppliers and vendors. A lot of people with disabilities who may not necessarily feel comfortable going the traditional career route or the interview process because they've been rejected so many times, they find something they're passionate about Become certified as a business of choice for people with disabilities, and then corporations could use them as potential vendors. So, thinking outside the box there.
1: Yeah, I, I love that. i um, thank you for actually bringing up this idea the three ideas that we, we create about everything that we do in life. One of them, very recent one, which is oh, now we're going to work from home, meaning people that were excluded before because of our disability, they can now work from home. And you're totally rights. Some of them may say, you know what? I want to work from the office. I mean, don't don't destroy if you have done anything about being more inclusive and accessible. Don't don't, don't throw that to the garbage because you think that I am one hundred percent comfortable working one hundred percent from home. Um, it's a, it's. I know it's a very comprehensive sort of conversation, not an easy one to to implement, but definitely, uh, you know, uh, these companies have to keep an eye on what how people want to work and this applies for the community of people who have a disability that may not want to be at home all the time. Uh, so thank you so much for bringing that up because again it's are assumptions that we make about the new reality of work and they are not necessarily
0: true. And you make a great point with just saying assumptions. I think there are a lot of assumptions with the disability community. So if you open your mind and ask questions rather than make assumptions, you'll learn a lot and figure out how you can support people in the best way possible.
1: Absolutely. Uh, Let me ask you this, and I don't want to oversimplify the complexity of of the things that we're talking about. But if you had the magic wand to change a couple of things that you say, if we change these two things, across the board in organizations, we can generate 80% of a positive impact. And I don't want to oversimplify, I know this is a complex topic, but very often I have found not only in terms of inclusion of people with disabilities, but even the more traditional thinking around inclusion and diversity, which is around gender and race, very often I found HR leaders struggling to where to begin. You know, what's the what's the start of the journey? And, and I want to provide them to you and advice of what they can do right away that can generate you know, big positive impact. So that magic wand in the way, a couple of things that you would say, we gotta change these two things and please we start to move forward. What would those things be?
0: I think one of the biggest things that prevents people from doing the work is being afraid of saying the wrong thing when addressing the needs of the disability community and I often give a resource out that I serve on the board in the National Center on Disability Journalism at Arizona State University. And there is a thing called a disability language style guide. And I think everyone should read that and figure out what are those terms, but also don't let it prevent you from doing the work to be more inclusive.
1: I like that. It's um, it's true and and I gotta say sometimes even you know, myself, that I, I, I spend a lot of time learning how to properly address uh, you know things, situations, uh, qualities, and whatnot. Sometimes I get a little, uh, and probably because this is my second language too, but I get a little stuck in the kind of words that are appropriate um, to use. And um, so I'm glad that you are mentioning this. Anything else that you think could be, could create significant positive change in the workplace in terms of becoming truly inclusive and including people who live or
0: experience disability. I think it's important for every organization not just to have the disability conversation in the HR or diversity department. So even if they are already on this journey and thinking about disability inclusion, have it embedded in all of your departments and have it be a conversation piece in all of your departments because there are going to be people with disabilities who don't wanna play the DNI role or the HR role and they wanna just go to work as another profession that may exist and they just happen to bring their disability and problem solving skills to the workplace. So don't just think of disability in one area I use the entertainment industry example a lot because that's where I spent half of my the beginning of my career and they forget that people with disabilities can be in creative roles. These big corporations are starting to get better at hiring people with disabilities, but still only thinking of people with disabilities for those business STEM type roles and not thinking about creative opportunities.
1: Yeah, I love that. and, and um... I love you're mentioning that this is not just HR. Uh, right. It is. It is something that has to be embraced and fully. Uh, you know, active. people across the organization have to become fully accountable to being this kind of inclusive organization that we're talking about. And by the way, this is uh, this is not just a program that goes you know along the lines of building of, uh, you know, truly really inclusive organizations, but there are many other people, processes that the rest of the organization you know, throws on the hands of the backs of HR and they forget that they are corporate processes, business processes and they should not be just in the hands of HR. Um, And
0: I think HR should also feel empowered to challenge the executive mindset. So if the CEO isn't yet talking about their relationship with disability or their promotion of inclusion of people with disability, have HR who's on the front line encourage the team to be more inclusive and set that example, and hopefully executive leadership will catch wind of it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Okay, as we get closer to wrapping up our conversation, I want to ask you one more question. When, when, when we think about building organizations and cultures that are inclusive for people with disabilities, from the, from the standpoint of HR, to be effective at doing this, to be effective at shaping this culture, thinking about the policies, the structure, the system that we need to have in place to build these kinds of organizations. What skills do you think HR professionals need to learn in order to be effective in this?
0: (laughs) I think they need to probably stop thinking that they need to learn so much because they don't need to do much differently. I think it's just feeling empowered to stand up for candidates who you believe in, who you think are going to do well on the job, even if others may have doubts or make comments.
1: Absolutely. Um, I I had I recently recorded a podcast with somebody else, somebody else, something else, and and she said, you know, we got the science backing up a lot of the things that we, you know, we have the gut feeling that we need to do. Just trust trusting in your own. Hour to make a change. I mean, what are you, what the person said to me, what are you waiting for? What are we waiting for to be a better organization? So I think some goes along the line, along the line of, um, of what you are uh, suggesting there. So thank you, thank you so much for spending this time with me in the podcast and sharing your insights and ideas with the community.
0: Thank you for having me. Thank you, thank you everybody.
1: Stay tuned. Uh, I almost threw my papers. Uh, stay tuned for the next episode of the Hacking HR podcast. I will see you also thank you everybody for watching or listening to this podcast i hope you enjoyed the show please follow us on our social media and subscribe to our newsletter so that you can stay informed of all the things that we're putting together for you from the hacking hr community thank you so much please continue to stay safe stay well stay strong and we will see you soon